Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. Morning, church. Glad you're with us today. I want to say good morning to those watching on live stream as well, all around the country, around the world. Welcome as well. Glad you're here. Um, I want to talk about some stories, and now I want to talk about a bit of a story from uh, the past. And uh, Luke Lays is here. Luke is the one who, if you probably recognize him from over at Broadway Coffee House, Luke leads the way at Broadway Coffee House, and he also leads the way uh, with our, our social business on campus, uh, Sparrow Furniture. And uh, Luke, remind us a bit about what Sparrow Furniture is. Yeah, so Sparrow launched uh, less than a year ago in uh, December of 2017, and we're just so excited to see growth in our vision as being a place where we can provide that initial employment for refugees moving into our city, uh, infusing that with as much training opportunities, with job skills and language, and then helping launch uh, these folks out into career jobs within our city. So we have a privilege of having a video put together that will show a little bit more about what we're all about. Furniture is a social business providing transitional employment to refugees settling in Salem. We use furniture restoration as a platform to train refugees with skills in the areas of woodworking, driving and customer service. For refugees, employment is a huge piece of settling in a new country, not just to provide a stable income, but also for restoring their personal dignity. With generous support, we launched the business with two employees in December of 2017 and have now grown to five employees. They represent their home countries of Pakistan, Iran, Syria, Democratic Republic of Congo and Ivory Coast. For many refugees, language is a large barrier to employment. So Sparrow has included English classes and one-on-one mentorship as a core part of their experience. For our deaf employee, ASL and English literacy courses are being provided. And for all our employees, we are seeing significant growth in their language abilities. Every week, Sparrow receives donated furniture and materials at our workshop. We help transform older, worn furniture into new designs and infuse cultural elements from the home countries of our employees. As pieces are completed, they are moved into our showroom located on Broadway Street right here in downtown Salem. The showroom provides a way for us to bring our unique products to the market, helps to give our employees retail experience and allows the community to meet these gifted individuals. What started as an empty building and an idea has grown into a life-transforming business where hope and peace are being restored. So uh, our vision of a city at peace with God includes uh, bringing peace to people being resettled in Salem. And I just, church, I just want to tell you, we have an incredible privilege today because uh, we have two of Sparrow Furniture's employees are, have been uh, at all our services. They're joining us this weekend. So would you welcome them as they come to the platform and join uh, Luke and I? 
introduce to you Blondine here on my left and Safwan. Uh, we do have the privilege to be able to ask them some questions about their story and they're going to share with us today. So Blondine, starting with you, would you share uh, a bit about your story? What led your family to leave the Ivory Coast and to come to the United States? I left my country because of the world. Mm, I was so afraid for my life and for my children. The first, we went to Togo for five years, and uh, they speak French there, and I speak French also. But it was difficult to make enough money, and the cost of living was so higher than my pay. My niece lived with me. She died for kidney disease. Then my son got sick, and I couldn't find a treatment for him. And I was so afraid he would die too. So the UN refugee organization decided to help me to come to United States. That is the small part of my story. And uh, Safwan, same question for you. What, what were the circumstances that caused you and your family to leave Syria and come to the United States? There was war in Syria. We were experiencing war every day over a long period of time. And my wife and I had been talking about what we could do, but we were making it through. I was working in a butcher shop and we were surviving, but then and at that time, there was bombing going on in nearby towns, but we were, we were surviving. And then one day, a friend ran into the butcher shop and told me the planes were coming over our town. And we grabbed our family and were able to get underground, but they did bomb our home and our whole home was destroyed. We grabbed our stuff, just a backpack or two, and got underground during the bombing. Um, I was hit by shrapnel in my leg and my hip, and two of my children were also hit, and we were afraid that we would lose them. One of my friends was able to call for an ambulance from Turkey, and they were able to get into Syria and rescue us. They brought us back to Turkey in the ambulance into the hospital there. We were in the hospital for a month recovering, and then an officer came and asked us if we wanted to return to, Tur to Syria or stay in Turkey, um, but they weren't going to let us back in. So we stayed in Turkey with my whole family, and we were rescued being there. There I continued to work in a butcher shop, and we were in Turkey for four years. And my wife and I were talking about options and what we could do, and eventually we were able to come to America. They brought a plane for us, and we flew to America. And we were thr thrilled to be here. And I didn't know anything about America or about American people, but they helped us get clothes and shoes and some furniture for our house. And I was so glad to have that help from the Americans we met here. I didn't have a job for the first year I was here, and that was really tough. And then a friend of mine introduced me to Luke, and he came and saw our situation and was moved by it and helped me get a job. When Sparrow opened and I began to work there, it really changed our lives. 
I'm able now to provide for my family, give them clothing and shoes, and it's really improved our lives overall. So thank you, Luke. Thank you. And Blondine, follow-up question for you. Um, what has working at Sparrow meant in your life? Uh, at Sparrow Furniture, I can say I'm learning uh, job skills. And as part of my job, I practice my evening, uh, English every day, you know. And my job at Sparrow has brought peace in my life and my family too. And it, it gives from God for me to work there because I have a wonderful manager, a wonderful co-worker, you know, and I'm just, I feel like home. And I just want to say thank you to everyone for supporting this business. May God bless you all. And this is my uh, chance to brag on both of them a little bit. Um, both of them have had a little over two years of time here in the U.S. And Blondine, when arriving, uh, didn't speak English. And she's now in front of thousands of people this weekend telling her story in English. And Safwan came knowing Arabic sign language and has learned American sign language and is learning English reading and writing. So, great job. Yeah. Um, so, I, I hope you're, you're seeing the connection here uh, between our vision of a city at peace with God in the neighborhoods and the nations. I hope that you are getting a, a fresh picture of what it looks like to come alongside families who have been uprooted, uh, in, in some cases by war, as it, with Blondine and Safwan. And um, I also hope that your hearts are just warmed of, uh, by getting a chance to meet, meet them. And would you give them a big, warm thank you for sharing uh, their stories with us today? Good morning, church. My name is Laura Scher. I serve as the pastor of spiritual formation. And as we look back over this year, I would say God has increased our vision of who he is as our healer. He's been teaching us about that, showing us that. Many of you have taken steps of greater courage and faith, asking him to heal your body, your emotions, your relationships. Some of you have stood once or many times in service to ask God for healing some of you are beginning to ask your friends and family to pray for you. Some of you for the first time have said, God, would you be my healer? And so we're hearing many stories of how he is responding. At times responding with a miracle in the moment. At times we're noticing how he works over time in layers. And some of us are in a, a waiting posture, waiting to see what kind of healing he will bring so we look back and we thank him for that, and we look ahead for more. Teach us more, show us more. And so today we're going to tell another story. This is my friend Martha, who experienced a tragic loss in her home a couple years ago. And with loss, of course, comes the pain and the stress. 
which impacted her financially, emotionally, and even her body, experiencing symptoms from stress and pain. And so we're going to hear just a little bit about how Martha is and has been leaning into God as her healing on her journey. So I hope you're encouraged by Martha's story. Um, in the last four years of my life have been very difficult for me. Uh, on October um, 13, 2014, my husband was killed instantly on the road, and um, my life totally changed. And in one minute, I was a wife, and in the next minute, I was not. I, I didn't hardly have a chance to catch my breath, to really uh, come to grips with that Scott was gone, and he wasn't going to be late for dinner. He just wasn't coming home, period. And then 2016 was the year that I had a lot of health issues and found out that I had different health problems, one of them being losing my hair. <laughs> I would comb it in the morning. I noticed more hair in my brush than usual. And then it started uh, shedding. It would just fall. Pieces would fall. And so I went to my doctor, my medical doctor. She said, it's balding, and um, there's really not much we can do. There is a medicine you can take. But I was, I, I tell my friends and ask them to pray for me. And uh, in my venture group, my community group, um, we've all gotten very close there. And I talked to them about it. And so I had a lot of people praying for me. Laura was advertising at church services about this, um, that you could uh, come to her and she would set you up with a group of about three ladies and you could have a special prayer time. And so I, I, I've done that. I'm a host in the upper room four days a week. And so I spent a lot of time up there and it's, it's, um, it's been a, an incredible blessing in my life. So I finally went there, I got just kind of in despair and burst into tears and said that I didn't want to be bald. And, um, but if that was, you know, if that was what was gonna happen, I would still praise and glorify him. That was the most important thing. And then I noticed my hair started growing up. I was so excited. Went back to the doctor and I told them, she went out and she went back and looked at the chart and the results of the test and everything. She says, well, there's no reason for you to be having hair. She says, what have you been doing? And I says, I've been praying. And I have a whole uh, bunch of prayer warriors that pray for me. I'm in control of nothing. And, you know, I got to thinking, nobody is in control of anything in their life. They think they are, but they're not. They're like me. I have no control over everything. I am subjected to whatever happens. But I do know that God already has got it all figured out. And he's going to take care of me because he told me in the upper room that he was going to take care of me. My relationship with God has gone infinitely deeper and closer than I ever had before. And he's become so much more personal, so much more of a friend to me. When Jesus died on the cross, he died not only to um, wipe away my sin, but he died because he wants me to be whole. And I have explored the meaning of that word whole and have really broadened my understanding of what that means and what a whole human being is. I have learned a lot about prayer um, and uh, I have learned the value of listening to God and uh, that prayer is not just asking him for what I want, but listening to what he wants 
and being willing to be open to doing what he wants. I would encourage people uh, on their spiritual journey to not give up. Don't give up. Cling to God. He's there. You may not feel it, but don't rely on the feeling. Learn about prayer. Live prayer. I, there is a Bible verse that says, pray unceasingly. And I always thought about that verse and how in the world do you do that? God is always at the forefront of my mind. And I'm always thinking about that. And I think that is prayer unceasingly. So I would recommend people to recognize that even in the depression times and the sad times, God is right there with you. And he won't leave you or forsake you. He promised us that. I appreciate Martha trusting us with her story, and perhaps you can relate in one way or another. Maybe you've lost someone that uh, you love. Maybe it's a spouse, a husband, or a wife, and uh, our prayer is that you would continue to experience Christ as your healer as well. Um, and uh, we are just thrilled to be able to share testimonies of how Jesus has been our healer. I'm uh, being joined here on the platform by some folks who, are, uh, who, who know Jesus as healer. In fact, they are preparing themselves to live out a call on their lives um, to proclaim Christ as healer, as savior, as their sanctifier and their coming king. And this is RTI Cohort 5. Would you welcome them and uh, celebrate with them? Um, the, the cohort five is joined by, uh, by Jocelyn Glaze, Heather Wong, their support staff at RTI. On that side over there, you'll see some recognizable faces. Uh, two deans, Steve Dangaren, Rob Basham leading the way. Uh, cohort five is here. And RTI, if you've never heard about it, it's Reach Training Institute. It's our ministry training school here at Salem Alliance. And because of your generosity, we are able to help these students uh, complete a Bachelor of Science degree, and it's an accredited degree, and they're able to graduate uh, after four years uh, debt-free and field-ready. And uh, today, uh, they're going to introduce themselves and sort of declare their major, so to speak, nations or neighborhoods, as best they can understand right now, uh, that trajectory of their calling. So I'm going to hand the, the microphone to you there, and would you introduce yourself and get us started? Hi, I'm Gabby Candelario, and I'm leaning towards nations. Hi, my name is Annika Cook, and I have a heart for the nations. Ali Pavlova, Neighborhoods. I'm Megan Seward, and I'm leaning towards the neighborhoods. I'm Devin Allen, and I'm leaning towards the neighborhoods. I'm Harris Martin, and nations. David Mitchell, nations. I'm Paige Green, and I'm leading, leaning towards neighborhoods. Joseph Zisk, neighborhoods. Caleb Guger, neighborhoods. Macy Rubel, nations. Autumn Loskar, nations. John and Norton, neighborhoods. Steve Dan Garen, RTI Dean, and was that exciting or what? <laughs> <clears throat> so let me have you gather in here as we commission you, and if you would stand, and as we often do, just reach out a hand as we pray over this group and commission them for their next four years and beyond. 
So, Father, um, man, just to hear each student uh, proclaim it out loud that I want to serve God for the rest of my life, either the nations or neighborhoods. Father, you know that's why we created our TI. That's, that's the, the dream you put on our hearts. So we thank you for these students. Lord, uh, they come from all over the place, all to come here for these next four years to get ready uh, to do full-time career track ministry. And so we pray uh, for them, Lord, for growth and, and change and challenge, and that this cohort would, would even meld into a family. And we pray for, for traveling safety for them as they're heading over to France next week to uh, see what you're doing around the world and what their part is in it. So we pray a commissioning prayer over Cohort 5, Reach Training Institute, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, let's celebrate this new group together. Hey, thanks for cheering Cohort 5 on together. Steve mentioned they actually are leaving uh, on Friday, getting on a plane. Uh, They're taking a course called Neighborhoods and Nations, and they're going to France to do that uh, for a portion of that term. So um, I'm grateful they took up the time to be with us this weekend. I'm joined by Rob Basham. Uh, Rob is one of our deans at RTI. He's also the associate pastor of multiplication here at Sam Alliance. And if you've been around this place for any length of time, you may have heard us talk about um, being cloud followers as we sort of sense where God is taking us into our future. We want to be good listeners. And um, as, it, as it relates to multiplication, we've, we've heard from God that indeed he's asking us to multiply, but he's also said to us that it, it's going to look differently than you expect. And, uh, and that has been the reality uh, around this place. So uh, Rob, talk to us a, bit, a little bit of what that looks like and a little bit more about what multiplication is. Sure, for us here at Sam Alliance Church, multiplication means strengthening existing churches and planting new churches, both locally and globally. And so we've been engaged in that, and the Lord has, it's been different than we thought it would be, and so we've been engaged in this already. And so we've seen some church planting and multiplication happen already. We've seen Salem signing services, S3, our deaf congregation. They'll be meeting here in a little bit. And we've seen that congregation grow. And we, we rejoice with Julie Reese, their pastor, and what God is doing as they reach out to that community. And that's a pretty exciting thing. We've also seen live stream happen. And those of you that are joining us on live stream today, welcome. We're glad you're with us. But hundreds of people join us every week from many different nations. And that's been a multiplication initiative. We've also seen uh, Dallas Alliance Church as a place where we have partnered to strengthen an existing church and gone there and helped take them through a redevelopment uh, process. And we've helped them identify a new pastor and they've been growing. We also have an incredible thing. Many of you may not be aware, but there's an international prayer gathering that we partner with the Sam Alliance Church. And every Sunday night, Tons of refugees gather together, and they've been averaging almost 100 people every Sunday night gathering together, all the nations coming together, worshiping, praying together. They just bought a wedding tent because they ran out of space where they were meeting, and now they're, they got a place for all the kids to meet, and it's just exciting what God has been doing, but it's been surprising. It's not exactly what we thought it would look like. And as we look to the future, um, God has also brought some, uh, he's brought clarity 
in this, uh, this multiplication journey. So talk to us a little bit about the future and what we anticipate with multiplication. Sure. Going forward, locally, we're already engaging and, and coming alongside the Way Church. It's a church plant coming out of Sam Alliance Church. Two of our RTI alumni, Yuri and Alex, are leading the way on that. They've been meeting for a while in homes, and once a month they've been meeting in the Ike Box uh, Sunday mornings. But they're going to launch publicly as a church probably sometime towards that latter part of January. And they're going to they're launch it. We celebrate that with them. We're coming alongside them. We want to support them any way we can. Other local initiatives that are kind of on our radar the next two to five years, we're waiting to see what the Lord might do, but we're, we're looking into what it would take to plant a church in Woodburn. What would it take to, ch- to start a church in Independence Monmouth? We're even praying about whether or not God's calling us to do something in North Kaiser. And so that's on the local level. On the international level, we're beginning to enter into a partnership with Toulouse International Church in France. And we feel that that's a church that we will come alongside and strengthen. That's Some of our leaders will be heading there later this week to just continue on in that journey. But we believe if we can help strengthen that church, that that could be a hub that we plant other international churches out of. And so we're already partnering there in Toulouse. We sent one of our RTI interns there, Ben. I was texting with Ben Nanke a little while ago. He just finished preaching. And we're just excited about what God is doing there. But we're, we're very excited about the potential of an RTI being there and other international churches being planted in Europe, even North Africa, out of that one. So that's kind of the global initiative we're, we're moving towards. So what I want you to hear is as we're praying and thinking that it looks like we're planting a church here in the Salem area in the neighborhoods, um, sometime in the beginning of 2019, uh, we're looking at uh, planting uh, internationally, uh, strengthening existing church so that we can plant other international churches where we could reach people on the move, just like we've been able to minister to Blondine and Safwan and other uh, refugees who have uh, come to Salem. And uh, we'll keep you up to speed on those developments. As Rob mentioned, uh, some of us are headed there on Friday. Some board members from Salem Alliance, along with Rob and I, are headed over there. And uh, I'm preaching that church next weekend. And then we're meeting with uh, that, uh, that board to discuss a partnership. Uh, we'll keep filling you in. But wanted you to know so you could be praying and you could anticipate how God is calling us uh, to live out this vision of a city at peace with God. Not only here but wherever he might plant us and, and take us. So would you thank Rob for his leadership in this, uh, in this movement? Bless you, my friend.
Hey, we're going to continue worshiping. Ushers are going to come at this time as we give back to God with our offerings. And if you are a guest here today, welcome. Glad you're with us. As an offering plate comes down your row, we don't want you to sense any uh, sense of obligation or pressure to participate in this part of the service. Uh, glad you're here. Um, so let those, uh, those plates pass on by you. Um, uh, the, you know, this, this Vision 360 weekend, we're celebrating our God. We're celebrating his goodness, his power, his majesty, and the fact that he would invite us in to the things that he's doing, that he would allow us to participate in the ways that he wants to bless and touch people's lives. So I hope you've enjoyed just kind of hearing about that. And I just want to say a big thank you to you because you've made it happen. Yes, God is on the move. He's extended an invitation uh, to us, but it, it takes some initiative on our part to join him in that invitation. And so your gift of time has made a difference. Serving in children's ministry or leading, uh, leading in high school ministry or leading a small group or serving at the clinic or uh, you know, working in, in one of our outreach ministries like Roars or uh, you know, just whatever the role you play, it, it, you're making a difference. This vision of a city at peace with God is becoming a reality. So thank you for giving the gift of time. And thank you also for giving the gift of resources. We fully understand that the Holy Spirit is the fuel for ministry. He is the one who empowers us. But it does take dollars to, to help some of these, these ministries take place. It, it takes resources to be able to think about planting internationally or in the, in the neighborhoods. And you have been so generous in so many ways. Last Easter, you participated in an Easter offering that was designated to help, uh, part of it was designated to help international, uh, international worker family in the Middle East and helping them purchase a van. The Ostleys sent this picture uh, showing the van that they were able to purchase because of your generosity. They were in a little two-door hatchback, which you can see is a challenge for a family of that size. And, um, and so now they, they're, they're saying a big thank you to you for uh, allowing them to be, able to, to be able to have this van. So way to go, church. Uh, last weekend, you participated in the dollar bill offering, and $7,052 was given uh, as you participated in that. So you can give yourself a round of applause for that. That's fantastic. That, that's going right to our international workers like, like the Aussies to help them be able to uh, do the ministry that God's called them to. I do have a little bit of bad news with that offering. We received some counterfeit money um, in that offering. And here's a picture so it looks like so you can find out who this character is <laughs> that, was, uh, that was given. Track him, help track him down. Um, we did get some kind of money, but it didn't really look like that. Um, but uh, a big thank you for your, your, your generosity in supporting the work that's happening in the nations. Uh, a bit of an update of this past year. We have four main funds that we give to. Ministry Fund, which fuels our, our vision. Expansion Fund. This is our debt reduction uh, uh, fund, as well as helps us be able to, uh, uh, to make property acquisitions or expand as a church. Uh, Great Commission Fund sorts, uh, supports our international workers around the world. And the Benevolent Fund, you may have seen that video, $63,000 given uh, because uh, of the resources you've given to the Benevolent Fund. That helps people get housing and, and shelter. It helps provide food and clothing uh, for people in crisis. And you can see that on that, 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 that image behind me, that in every one of those funds, more came in than we expected. And so I just want to say a big thank you to you uh, for that. 
Now, a little bit of what we did with that, so the, the, the ministry fund, that allowed us to, to do things like put a new roof on our building, uh, to be able to update some of our campus, to build some classrooms over at RTI, because RTI is growing, and, um, and, and things like that. So we've, we tried to steward those dollars responsibly and wisely, so thank you for trusting us in that way. Uh, we're able to pay down more debt on our properties. Uh, Great Commission Fund, we're able to support more of our international workers, and Benevolent Fund, obviously, we're able to help more people who are in crisis. So thank you for that. And speaking of the expansion fund, you may remember remember the Clear Campaign. Uh, Clear Campaign is this debt reduction uh, campaign that to, we, we want to do is clear space individually in, 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 our, in our lives to be able to make margin for getting to know our neighbors and be able to be light in the, the places that God has planted us. And as a church, financially, we're clearing space so that we can be nimble and ready to respond to the things that God is calling us to, like some of the stories you've even heard here this morning. Now, I just want to give you an update on that. Some of this, you've, you've received these updates before. Honda Cycle Northwest Hub property, and let me just tell you up front, we have this very bad habit of naming our properties after previous businesses that were on these properties. So you're going, I've never seen Honda Cycle. Well, it was there. It's not there anymore. Now it's Northwest Hub. They'll probably move. We'll st still keep calling it this. Um, but uh, I want you to know, we bought that corner property on Broadway and Market for $725,000. That's what we owed on it. It is now paid down to nothing. We owe nothing on that, uh, that piece of property. And again, some of these aren't new news, but the updates on where we're at. The second one is Aramark Building. This is where we've done a lot of our prayer paths. This is actually, part of that is where Sparrow Furniture is located. We made that purchase in the middle of the recession, uh, which was a challenging time for everyone, and we really, were, our faith was stretched. We purchased it for $1.3 million, and that has been reduced to nothing now. That whole block is paid off. And, um, and then we have a loan. We have a couple loans on the Barabi Commons. One of those loans is called the ADF loan. Uh, and it, it was a $2.85 million loan. And uh, as you've heard me say before, and I've said all weekend long, uh, $2.85 million is a lot of money. And you've heard me say before that if it's not a lot of money to you, let's talk after the service. I'd be very happy to have a conversation. Uh, but, the, but by your generosity giving to the expansion fund, uh, we've been able to pay down that loan from 2.85 to 1.6 million dollars, so over a million dollars. And, and here's a quick little update on, on where we are financially this year. On those four main funds, you'll see that, uh, that we're 96, 97, 95%, so we're, we're close. If you could help us close the gap on that, that'd be great. But again, I just want to say a huge thank you to you. The stories that you've been hearing today are made possible because, because of our God. He's amazing. He's impressive. And you have followed his invitation. You have, you have joined him in what he's calling us to. And, um, and I want to say a big thank you for that. Uh, this time, I'm going to invite our ushers to come because we have an annual report that we'd love to get in your hands. Uh, it's a little booklet that tells more stories. We don't have time to tell all the stories, but there are a lot of ministries around this place that we want you to know about. Uh, in this booklet, you'll get some updates on those ministries. You'll see some, uh, some stats, read some stories. Take some time a little bit later uh, today to, 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 to read this 
um, and just to marvel at what God is doing among us uh, together as a church. And when it comes to uh, this vision of a city at peace with God, it's, it's a big vision. And sometimes as you read the news, you may wonder, are we making a difference? Are we getting any traction in this vision of a city at peace with God? And I just want you to know that, um, that we are, one life at a time. This vision is becoming a reality. And today we have baptisms. And you're going to have a chance to hear stories. And I want you, to, as you hear these stories, I want you to see how God is, is making people whole. How he is transforming lives. And I, my hope as you hear these stories that you will just remember the day you were baptized. Um, that you, if you haven't been baptized, maybe you will um, take that step yourself. But I want to invite you to celebrate our great God and to celebrate with these folks who are being uh, baptized today um, as you hear their stories. Let's continue to worship our great God. So at this service, we get to celebrate first with a son and father combination. First off is Aiden Tate. Aiden says, when I was four and a half, I went to a special Good Friday thing. In one room, I had my mom help me write out some sins I wanted to admit to God. In the last room, there was a cross, and I nailed that list of sins on it. Then I told my mom and my Sunday school teacher who was there that I had never really chosen to accept Christ before. We talked. Then we all kneeled down at the cross, and I prayed and asked Jesus to forgive all my sins forever and to be my Savior. Now that I'm nine, Jesus is teaching me how to do what is right and to love people the way he does. He makes me brave because I know he is always with me. If I could see Jesus in person today, I would bow down to him because he is the king of all kings. I wouldn't know what to say because I would have too many big feelings, but that's okay because Jesus would know what's in my heart. I'm getting baptized because Jesus told me to, and I want to obey him. I also want to show others what he has done for me so that they can know Jesus too. That's awesome, dude. Hey, I love that mom and dad are proud of you. I'm proud of you. And more importantly, your father God is proud of you. He's excited about this moment. So I just got two questions before I baptize you, all right? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, buddy? Yes. And have you decided that you want to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. Yes. I love that you thought about that. That's awesome. All right. Come on over here. We're going to get wet, all right? We'll baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now, Bobby Tate. Bobby says, I grew up in the church and made my first commitment to follow Christ at age eight. But then I became a prodigal for 17 years. Gradually, I returned to the church through the influence of my wife. Starting a family, I knew I wanted my kids to know Christ. As a Christian, it is my goal to become, as C.S. Lewis puts it, a little Christ. And I'm finding it is a gradual process of always learning and always improving. These days, Christ is trying to teach me to love all without reservation or judgment. 
I am being baptized today in obedience to God and to be with my son through his baptism. I love watching you as a dad. It's fun, Bobby. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Two questions for you. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? He is. And is it your desire to follow him from here on out? It is. Awesome. Well, I'm going to baptize you. You want to plug your nose? Please? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now we celebrate with Kristen Bodoin. Kristen says, I was full of sin and had no hope of eternal life with God. My parents daily shared truths with me about Jesus, and I believed and asked Jesus in prayer to forgive me. Since becoming a Christ follower, I have hope and joy because of God's immeasurable love and grace for me. Christ is teaching me that he is completely in control and has a perfect plan for my life. I can trust him and follow his guidance. I am being baptized because I want to make a public declaration that Jesus is my Savior, and I want to follow him for the rest of my life. If I could see Jesus in person today, I would run into his arms and just be held. I have a feeling he'd run towards you too, yeah. Kristen. Thanks highly of you. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. It's your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Then it is my privilege, Kristen, to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There go. And now we celebrate with three members of the Evans family. First off, Corvin Evans. Corvin says, when I was five years old, I invited Jesus into my heart, and it was a lovely feeling. We were at Rolling Hills Church, and I was sitting in the sanctuary. The pastor was talking about the cross, and that's when it happened. I felt something in my heart. It was so awesome to belong to God's kingdom. Now that I am 10, I want to be baptized to show others my decision to follow Jesus. He is teaching me that no matter what, the Holy Spirit is with me. If I could see Jesus in person today, I would ask him how he, God, was created, and I would hug him. Yeah, that's a great testimony, Corvin. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. And I already knew that, and I'm so happy about it. And is it your desire to follow him the best way you can always in your life? Yes. Then I get to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now Merrick Evans. Merrick says, when I was five years old, I went to an Easter church service at our church in West Lynn with my family. The pastor talked about inviting Jesus into our hearts. Then I felt something in my own heart. I was inviting Jesus into my heart by asking him through prayer. I believe what God says is true. I felt it. My mommy helped me pray, and after that, I felt complete. Then, because I am a believer, I pounded a nail into the cross at Salem Alliance Church, 
and was so happy. Jesus is teaching me to love one another, helping me love easy people like mum and harder people like bad guys. (laughs) I'm getting baptized because I feel like it's right, and I want people to see that I want to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a great story about your faith and your life, Merrick. So is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. Yes. Maybe say it really loudly next time, okay? And is it your desire to follow him always in your life the best way you can? Yes. Yay, good. That's fantastic. (laughs) Then how about if you plug your nose? There we go. And it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. and sister Scarlett Evans. Scarlett tells us that when she was five with her mom, she was cutting out paper hearts on Valentine's Day and started talking about Jesus and his love for us. I asked, what does it mean to have Jesus in your heart? And will food spill on him if you eat? And my mom laughed. Mom said, he becomes a part of you and will be with you forever. And no, food will not spill on him. Then we prayed together, and I asked Jesus into my heart. My big brother, Corvin, who had already started a relationship with Jesus, inspired me. Now that I am eight, God is teaching me to love more and help people in need. If I saw Jesus in person today, I have so many questions. So I would hug him and talk with him. I want to be baptized to show him I am with God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit forever. Mm. That's a great testimony story about your faith, Scarlett. And I know you and your brothers were at Canyon View Camp this summer, and I think that's when you all decided it's time to be baptized, right? So today we get to do that. So, Scarlett, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yes. Yes, fantastic. And is it your desire to follow him all the rest of your life the best way you can? Wonderful. Then I get to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.